Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Capstone Mining Corp. First Quarter Results 2020 Conference Call. At this time, all lines are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Wednesday, April 29, 2020. I would now like to turn the conference over to Gerald Annett, Vice President, Strategy and Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Thank you, and good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone on the call today. The news release announcing Capstone's 2020 first quarter financial results is available on our website. And if you are logged into the webcast, we will be advancing slides, which are also available on our website. On the call are Darren Pilot, President and CEO, Raman Renvawa, Chief Financial Officer, Brad Mercer, Senior Vice President, Exploration and Operations, and Mike Wickersham, General Manager of Pendle Valley Mine. Following our brief remarks, there will be an opportunity for questions. Comments made on the call today will contain forward-looking information. This information by its nature is subject to risks and uncertainties, and actual results may differ materially from the views expressed today. For further information on these risks and uncertainties, please see Capstone's relevant filings on CDAR. And finally, I'll just note that all amounts we discuss today will be in U.S. dollars unless otherwise specified. Now I'll turn the call over to Darren Pilot. Thank you, Gerald, and good morning, everyone. For those of you not logged into the webcast, we're on slide four of the presentation now. Overall, for the first quarter, we produced 35.5 million pounds of copper at a C1 cash cost of $2.05 per pound. Consolidated production came in at the lower end of our 2020 guidance we provided in January of 140 to 155 million pounds, at co and costs were slightly higher than our $1.85 to $2 per pound guidance. Pinto Valley production and costs are expected to greatly improve moving forward. Given the mine plan, we see grades and recoveries increase, and we have recently locked in a materially lower diesel price. We'll expand on this later in the call, and I'll provide you with an overview of our business activity for the quarter. Moving on now to slide number five, I'm really proud of Capstone's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. We acted quickly and effectively, and I feel this experience has strengthened the company in a very positive way. From a business health perspective, the quick drop in copper price in Q1 is a good reminder to the importance of maintaining a low-cost structure. Since late 2018, Capstone has been proactively cutting costs, and as a result, we entered 2020 in a very strong financial position. Last month, we announced that we re reduced $32 million from discretionary capital and exploration expenditures without delaying the 2021 
goal targets that we have set for ourselves. It is important to note that both Pinto Valley and Cozumel are on track to have banner years in 2021, collectively giving Capstone a 20% production growth and 10% decline in costs. On April 7th, we commenced the safe ramp down of operations at Cozumel to comply with a Mexican government decree which was recently then extended to May the 30th. The decree allows for normal operations to resume on May 18th in municipalities which present low transmission risk of COVID-19. Currently, Zacatecas has one of the lowest number of cases in Mexico. Therefore, we are taking steps now to prepare for a ramp up to full production by May the 18th. Slide six shows a quick summary of the actions we have taken due to the recent abrupt drop in copper prices. Lower prices equate to a drop in expected annual revenues of approximately $50 million. How did we respond to this? In addition to the $32 million cuts in discretionary capital and exploration expenditures, we are locking in spot diesel prices at approximately 45% lower than our budget providing $8 million of savings. Additionally, we hedged 50% of our Mexican peso exposure and took advantage of attractive interest rate swaps and cut contractors at site. These efforts have, trans <coughs> excuse me, these efforts have, have translated to an additional $22 million of operating cost savings for the balance of this year. Overall, these cost reductions have nullified the impact of lower copper prices. And Raman will have more on this later in the call. Now for a site-by-site -site update, moving to slide seven for Cozumel. <clears throat> We've released high-grade drill results from Cozumel's infill and expansion program last week, and also in January, that were amongst the best we've ever seen at the mine. Intersection of 3%, 4%, and even over 7% copper with 130 grams per ton silver over wide intersections are truly exciting. I, I personally can't wait to see what all this means for our mine plant in the coming years as there's potential upside to our grade profile. The program is now 85% complete and three months ahead of schedule with the updated reserves and resources. Reserves and resources estimate on track to be released late this year. If you've missed the 3D Verify webcast last Thursday, hosted by Brad Mercer, our Senior Vice President of Exploration, talking about the significance of these drill results and the upside potential, then please go to our website under events and webcast to watch a replay. I'm pleased to say that Cozumel's one-way ramp and our 50% growth in production is still on track for completion by the end of this year. So far in 2020, we have completed the raised bore 52 days ahead of schedule. We've upgraded the underground electrical substation and added an additional underground maintenance shock, which increases uh, maintenance capacity by 50%. On to Pinto Valley on slide number eight. In Q1, Pinto Valley continued to test operational throughput limits. Uh, whereby achieving 28 days of greater than 60,000 tons per day 
for an average of 55,000 tons per day for the quarter. This is approximately 5% higher than the three-year average from 2017 to 19, and it's just under our target for 2021 of 56 to 57,000 tons per day. Given these results, we feel very confident that we're on track to achieve our throughput growth targets given this performance. The first of two secondary crushers and three screen decks are on site and scheduled to be installed in July. Moving now on to slide number nine, in February we released the results of an updated technical report for Santa Domingo, which outlined the opportunity to build a low-cost, vertically integrated cobalt business, in addition to our base case copper iron gold project. As you can see on the slide, both scenarios are compelling, helped by a high grade of over 0.8% copper equivalent during those first five years of mine life. Having the cobalt opportunity identified also, having the cobalt opportunity identified also opens up new doors to our strategic process as we are seeing strong investment interest for ethically sourced cobalt projects in mining friendly jurisdictions. I'll now turn the call over to Raman to give you a brief update of our financial results. Thanks, Darren. Moving on to slide 10 of the presentation. In Q1, we produced 35.5 million pounds of copper, which was at the low end of our original 2020 four-year guidance of 140 to 155 million pounds due to lower grades at Pennell Valley. In addition, copper sales of 30.4 million pounds were lower due to the timing of shipments at Pennell Valley. As a result, our operating cash flow was impacted by approximately $10 million, or 2 to 3 cents per share, due to one less shipment at Pennell Valley and the buildup of concentrate inventory during the quarter. Moving over to our adjusted EBITDA figure of 11.1 million includes a positive adjustment for unrealized provisional pricing of 9.8 million to align with our covenant calculations moving forward. Turning to cost, as a, as a company we have taken further actions to reduce our operating costs by 22 million for the remainder of the year. The list of operating cost reductions include the following, $8 million on fixing a low price fuel contract with a supplier, $4 million on hedging Mexican foreign exchange, $3 million on contractor reductions, $2 million on renegotiated ocean freight costs, and $1 million on interest rate swaps. With respect to cost, the chart on the right shows how our consolidated C1 costs are expected to drop $0.25 cents per pound to below $1.80 per pound moving forward this year. Pennell Valley C1 costs are expected to drop below $2 per pound as the mine, as the mine plan sequences back into 0.31% copper grade and associated higher recoveries, which translate to a $0.20 cents per pound reduction in cost, while the lower input costs noted previously total over $0.25 cents per pound for Pennell Valley. This brings me to our next slide, slide 11. As I mentioned, we have a number of operating cost items that are tracking well below our 2020 budget levels. Given the market volatility, we took the opportunity to lock in record low input costs such as diesel, foreign exchange, and interest rates. The diesel contract in, is the most impactful move in my opinion, as it, is, as it represents around 10% of our operating costs at Pennell Valley. Our budgeted price per gallon was $2.35 a gallon, and currently we're locking in a price approximately of $1.35 per gallon which delivers $8 million of savings for the balance of the year. The chart on the bottom right shows how the actions we have taken with respect to our operating and capital plans to drop our ASIC 
for all in sustaining costs to average below 220 a pound for the balance of the year. This is a significant reduction from the start of the year by 30 to 40 cents per pound. Turning to the balance sheet, Capstone started from a strong financial position with a low net debt to EBITDA ratio prior to COVID-19. We have taken actions of $54 million on capital and operating costs to generate cash flow before growth capital amidst a lower copper price environment. We do not have any liquidity concerns at this time. As of March 31st, we had $112 million of available liquidity. In April, we drew additional $30 million from the revolver as a precautionary measure for working capital purposes. As a result of lower copper prices, our EBITDA is impacted, thus resulting in our increase in our net debt to EBITDA to 2.61. If copper prices were to average 225 per pound, we would be required to seek covenant relief. As a proactive measure, we have commenced discussions with our lead banks on seeking covenant relief for 2020, and early indications are that the banks are supportive during this period of volatility. With that, I'll pass it back to Darren. Uh, <clears throat> thank you, Raman. We're now on slide number 12. <clears throat> Looking ahead to a big year for Capstone in 2021, our growth to 180 million pounds of copper at C1 cost per pound of $1.70 next year is on track. <clears throat> this 20% increase to production and 10% decline in cost should translate into 100% EBITDA growth for the company, assuming a 250 per pound copper price. Excuse me. Turning now to slide 13, we are ahead at Cozumel with the raised bore development and are 85% complete and three months ahead in our drilling program. We will use this completed drilling to date to update the reserves and resources with a target of doubling mine life, which is expected in Q4 of this year. Drilling will resume when the government decree is lifted and the deposit is still open. For the second half of 2020, phase one of our PV3 optimization will see the installation of the first of two secondary crushers and screen decks installed in July. Phase two of the optimization work will continue over the balance of this year, and recall this initiative will evaluate a number of debottlenecking steps aimed for low capex and quick payback in the operation. Preliminary work on PV4 expansion continues albeit at a slower rate given the COVID-19 restrictions. The report is now expected in the first half of next year. At Cozumel, we're expecting post-expansion production increasing to between 50 and 55 million pounds of copper and 1.5 million ounces of silver by next year, with the completion of the one-way ramp still on track for the end of this year. We had some good momentum uh, for Santa Domingo's strategic process. Uh, however, with the international travel restrictions due to COVID-19, the process has been put on hold and expected to resume as soon as travel restarts. Uh, next slide. In conclusion, we are well positioned to weather the short-term impact of COVID-19. We have preserved multiple levers to improve our liquidity if necessary as quick action to lock in attractive input costs, including a 12-month contract for low diesel prices, has pushed down our cost structure so that we can generate cash flow. Importantly, our 2021 growth plans are still on track despite the challenge posed by the pandemic this year. We look forward to safely ramping up Cozumel to full production 
on May 18th and will remain vigilant with our strict hygienic protocols. <clears throat> we will continue to assess the quickly evolving COVID situation and reinstate revised guidance when the time is right. <clears throat> with that, we're now ready to take questions. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, please press the pound key. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Orist Waukadaw with Scotiabank. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Uh, how quickly can do you think we're going to see the lower costs roll through Pinto Valley, specifically around the fuel? Is that something that starts right away, or is that a delayed effect? And then um, the second question was around the covenants. Can you please remind us what the covenants are and, and you know, at current copper pricing, when do you think you would uh, technically trip them? Thank you. Thanks, Oris. I'll, uh, I'll pass it over to Raman since he was uh, overseeing locking in that, that diesel contract and as well obviously has, uh, has the covenants on hand. So I'll give that question to Raman. Hey, Oris. Um, so on the fuel side, I mean, as you know, the oil markets are very volatile. I mean, last week, I mean, spot prices basically the prices we're talking about are the prices we're paying so that you effectively see those oil savings right in the second quarter. Uh, in terms of the covenants, our covenants are uh, three to one um, on a secured leverage ratio and then total uh, leverage ratio can be four, but the key one is three to one. Um, and then, so it all depends on copper price. I mean, you talked about 225. Today we're sitting at 235. That likely has an impact um, on our covenants breaching at three, but about 245, we're okay for a quarter. So um, I think we're proactively talking to the banks uh, ahead of this, not banking on copper price. Um, that's a strategy there. Sorry, but are you are you suggesting that you could trip it as early as the second quarter? Do I understand that right? Yeah, I mean, right now, if you look at our net debt to EBITDA, it's 2.61. So depending on copper price, um, I think, you know, at 235, it could trip. Okay. Okay, and, and are there any other sources of liquidity at your disposal besides the, I guess, the remaining 50 million on the credit facility? Uh, well, you want to take that? Yeah, or the other levers we have, obviously, and we've, we've, we've stated this, is we have, obviously, a, a a silver stream available to us at uh, at COSMA that's currently untapped. So we do have a silver stream available to us, and as well we have uh, our larger shareholders are very supportive as well. But immediate liquidity on the balance sheet is what we have on the uh, on the uh, revolving facility. Okay. Thank you very much. Your next question comes from the line of Stefan Yoannou with Cormark. Your line is open. Yeah, thanks. I think Oris got my main question on the covenants, but uh, just just curious with the the delayed shipment or, uh, or the lack of ship, the la the final shipment that missed it at a central value in the quarter was that just sort of a general sort of standard timing issue, or or could we sort of read between the lines that like with COVID and everything else, you're seeing delays and generally getting concentrated out of the mine? No, that was just a standard issue, uh, standard shipping uh, logistics. We're seeing no issues with trucking, no issues with logistics to get to the port and 
uh, all of our, our sales right now go offshore, and they are uh, absolutely screaming for the product in Asia. So no issues at all getting the concentrate uh, off, off to our, our buyers. And just one, little, one, one other comment on the covenant. You know, I want to stress that we don't see any issues with uh, you know, temporary covenant relief based on the fact that our production at Cozumel uh, doubles next year and the grade profile of, of Pinto Valley increases as well. So even at current copper prices beyond um, the next two quarters, uh, is things, things change considerably. So we want to be, be um, really clear that the banks don't, really don't have any issues with looking at our covenants and, and potentially giving us uh, um, you know, brief, brief relief based on uh, the next quarter or two. Okay, okay, great. Thanks very much. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Daniel McConby with Rossport Investments. Your line is open. Hello. Good morning, everyone. Hi. A uh, couple of questions. Maybe one from Mike. Just in, in Pinto Valley, the, the, uh, you have fuel cost reductions um, and some other costs there. It's not a new operation, and... Um, uh, just the sustainability of keeping those costs down uh, this year and say next year. How do you feel about that? And uh, is there any kind of things that are going to come back and um, cause some offsets uh, in 2021? Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, what I'll tell you is last year we saved about $15 million compared to budget, and we intend to build on that performance. And what I see right now is we're taking advantage of these lower prices for diesel. Uh, we have a good project, lower prices for grinding media. We're also reducing pH and trying to attempt to increase our mass pull in the uh, uh, flotation plant, and that helps us save money online. I think the only thing that's not sustainable in this is uh, when diesel prices rebound, as, as they will someday, uh, we'll see diesel prices go back up. But what's going to structurally reset our operating costs and processing is this investment in new crushers and new screens that have higher reliability and consume less maintenance labor and maintenance downtime because we're not maintaining, as you described, those older pieces of equipment. So uh, I don't see that we're going to see a, a sharp uptick back up in our unit cost with the exception of taking advantage of these commodity prices that are low for something like diesel. Okay, thanks. Uh, second question, just with COVID, uh, um, and start with you, Mike, just at your operation and then at uh, Cozumel. If you have to, if social distance, if, if the if the outbreak does come, would it would it, how difficult would it be to keep your operations going, just um, keeping everyone apart, so to speak? I mean, it's a very Pinto Valley. I think there's a lot of space there, less so at Cozumel. How have you thought through distance? How um, you would structure things differently if you had to live with COVID for a year or so? Yeah, Darren, are you okay with me taking this for Pinot first? Yeah, yeah, go ahead on Pinot, uh, uh, Mike. Sure. So w what I would say is we are all learning a terrific amount as we work through this, this uh, uh, COVID pandemic. Uh, social distancing will have to become part of what we do as standard procedure. It's, it's, in, it's affected how we train haul truck operators, for example. You don't want to have two people in the cab for 12 hours a day in close proximity with one another. So we're going to something innovative like using um, uh, small amounts of, of targeted 
training to teach people how to functionally operate the machine, and then we do videotaping to watch their skills and give them feedback that way without having to have someone in the cab. There will still be some people who will probably work from a, a remote setting rather than work in the office, and for those who are in the office, we'll be doing all the things that I think all of us are doing around separating uh, office spaces a little further apart. If we need automatic doors or better yet copper-covered handles on doors, which are um, you know, microbial, um, toxic to microbes and, and viruses, we'll be doing many of the things we're doing today long-term. And, and one of the things I think that we will be doing in the operation is we'll be seeing the use of masks much more frequently when we are in close proximity with one another and we can't avoid that close contact. So we're changing structurally in some ways permanently. And once again, and, and, ladies and, and gentlemen, go ahead. And, and, excuse me, Brad, maybe give a couple quick comments uh, on uh, on how we're dealing with the COVID and, and the precautions we're taking at Cozumel. Thank you, Darren. Uh, yeah, we have all the same uh, precautions in place that, that Mike just mentioned for, um, for um, Pinto Valley. I would like to add that uh, the underground mine, Daniel, I think you've been there. Um, it's a big... Uh, it's a big mine. The work areas are stretched out. We don't have people working elbow to elbow. Matter of fact, if you had to tour there, you'd rarely see people. Um, uh, they're spread out all over the place. Uh, transportation uh, into the mine, we have buses that have you know somebody sitting in every second row to keep them apart. I think the biggest thing going forward, we have to we would have to continue to enforce our strict lunchroom policy because that's where people really meet. Uh, to, to, to restrict the number of people in the, in the lunchroom. And in the admin areas, uh, we would probably do a rotation of uh, X number of people in the office one week and X number of people in the next week, so working from home. Um, all in all, uh, there's not a lot of elbow-to-elbow -elbow, uh, people working in, in, in Cozumel. We just got to make sure, uh, you know, to um, work out the bottlenecks and, and where people would attempt to socialize. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, to ask a question, that's star one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Oscar Cabrera with CIBC. Your line is open. Um, thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. I mean, first of all, hope everyone and their families are doing well and are and stay healthy. Um, Darren, with respect to, to Pinto Valley, could you guys just you know possibly comment on on the great profile that you see for the balance of the year. Uh, assuming the, um, the C1 cash cost drop, assuming, you know, presumably it has to do a lot more with production on a per pound basis versus cost. So um, could you, you know, at least give us uh, an idea of what that profile looks like in, in going into 2021, please? Sure, I'll pass it over to Mike, but just quickly I'll just say if the, if the average grade is, is uh, I think it's just over 0.3 for the year, and we were at uh, uh, under that for the first quarter. It's going to have to uh, average for the next couple, of, next three quarters above that to get get back to the average. So that's the overall macro view of the grade profile. It gets better than the first quarter for the next three to get to the average, and we're not we're not changing our, our grade from what we've uh, forecasted. But Mike, if you want to add to that uh, on anything and on the cost side, you know, please go ahead. Sure. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Oscar, for the question. Yeah, that's right. We'll be back on target for um, uh, ore grade by the end of the year, and I uh, don't see any any problems with that at all. We did some resequencing 
in our castle dome section of the pit in the first quarter um, won't affect the, uh, the, the overall plan for the year. What I will say to Oscar is last year we were 12% above budget for total waste moved. Uh, we moved about a month and a half's equivalent of extra material uh, in terms of waste out of the mine. And that kind of productivity game um, gave us some extra options and flexibility across the year of 2020. So 2020 is our low grade year. This is, this is going to be a real test for us, especially with COVID. But what we get out of this is we get uh, better grades in the rest of the five-year plan, and we will have taken the time to upgrade these processing equipment um, uh, components that we talked about, crushers and screens. So uh, 2021 is going to be a good year, and we'll finish 2020 on grade, or on, on budget for grade. Mike, if I may, um, you talked about the, you know, the different um, adjustments that you're doing to your mill. Um, how do you expect that to affect uh, recovery. So, in other words, how, how should we think about recoveries for for the balance of the year? Yeah, what I, I'm seeing is there is some oxide copper in sections of the pit wall that were first exposed, you know, a decade or more ago. So there is some impact on that in recovery. But our biggest opportunity is to mass pull harder the concentrate that is produced in the rougher cells, and we've got to debottleneck some pumps and some some pipes to do that. But that's what we're focused on for the next big gain in recovery. So I don't think recovery is going to be a problem across the rest of the year as we implement that plan. Great. Thanks, Mike, for that. And then lastly, it's, um, you know, out of the $35 million in, in capital deferrals, um, can you, you know, tell us how should we think about the um, um, when, when would these be back um is it 2021 is it something in that deferral that you know could be completely eliminated and mike sure. do you want uh, to uh, comment on yeah yeah absolutely uh we we absolutely have eliminated some capital in in uh, in some cases and we've trimmed scope wherever we can. We're pretty aggressive in making sure we get the minimum scope necessary to acquire the objective and then really try to scrutinize those costs so that we're as efficient as we possibly can be. Many of the capital items have been uh, pushed. For example, one ball mill that we intended to replace this year is pushed to next year, so that cost won't change. Uh, one of our, our um, crushers, uh, the third that we intended to install this year, now is uh, going to be pushed out a little bit as well. But uh, we'll, we'll continue to, to really test our CapEx plan and try to eliminate anything that we, we possibly can. Uh, again, I, I think we're going to see a very, very good year in 2021 with the investments realizing better production, better throughput, uh, better recovery in the, in the course of 2020. So we're positioned for 2021. Thank you, everyone, and, and best of luck. There are no further questions at this time. Mr. Pilot, I turn the call back over to you. Okay, well, thank you everybody for joining us on the call today. And as Oscar uh, reiterated, please be safe to your, with yourselves and your families. And uh, thank you for joining us today. And don't hesitate, as always, to contact us for any further questions you may have. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.
Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.